Excellent. Uh, this is do? this is uh, thinking like a lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. That's uh, Catherine Rubino and Chris Williams. We're all with above the law, and we're here to have a chat about what uh, happened, at, you know, in the world of legal in the last week that we thought was entertaining. We're not really covering all the legal news in the world. Maybe I suppose than just, a half hour. Just yeah, just the yeah. just the entertaining bits. Well, some of them. Okay. Well, I mean, and also well, maybe some boring stuff. Why? Why are you like sabotaging the show out of the gate? I'm not sabotaging. I'm having I'm a good trying time. to manage expectations. Well, I mean, okay, fine. You know what that sound means? Small talk. It's time for us to have a little bit of small talk to show that we're people. So, how everybody? How's everybody doing? Chris, you? Uh, I saw some pictures. You've been on a trip. Oh yeah, I totally forgot that that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I life. went to. Hmm? It's your life. You should. You should try to remember. Yeah, it's or, my life or it's now see, or never. Or see someone um, like uh, about that. Because if you're forgetting the weekend, it's short it's a term memory loss. Yeah. Look, look it, I'm I'm having a time of it. And you They'll know kick you lucky? off the federal circuit for that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Mm. It's a anyway, so reference. went to yeah. St. Louis. Oh, no. Sorry. God. Yeah, I am having a time. Memory. It problems. is not St. Louis. It is Thankfully, a different city. Yeah. Also bad. Went to D.C. Okay. Um, not for the express purpose of calling Clarence Thomas a bum but okay. if I saw him you were prepared. I would have called him a b-word my mom was there okay. so it would have probably been bum but you know his jurisprudence <laughs> is worth being cursed at for anyway so I didn't see I didn't see Uncle Clarence I did go to the <laughs> I did go to the steps of the Supreme Court to you know for okay. the bird so, so I'm probably on some surveillance camera do you feel better on the inside oh always <laughs> Always right, right in the left ventricle. That's yeah, where that's, I feel that's better. That's where it hits. Yeah, I also got to see my mom. Wanted to go get mm-hmm. my um, hair retwisted, but that but that fell through. But it's okay. Also got to give a friend, gift to a friend that I bought for them while I was in Thailand. They went to law with the express purpose of wanting to work on like uh, Anwar, like a mm-hmm. uh-huh. Alaska. Anyway, environmental stuff. So I found that hat that had there was a white hat that had a little polar bear on it. And so I felt like it was it was apropos. But yeah, it was it was a good weekend. Great. How about Pre- you, Joe? How was your weekend? Pretty good, fairly uneventful organ game uh for me to be rooting for. Nice, uh, nice. You know, I know Not like the Colorado game. Yeah, that was that was a nail biter. I mean we'll we'll see how those two teams match up this week. We've talked about Formula One on this podcast before. I was unable to watch this race. You oh, did. that's a shame. Because it was a real good one. Yeah. It was a real good one. You know why? You know why? Why? Red Bull did it win. Yeah, that was that I did see that. I was and this is the first race of the year that Red Bull has not won. Yeah. They didn't even get on the podium. And you, and you know why? Because they, they were cra- cheaters. No, because they cracked down on their wings. That's what I'm saying. No. Oh, because they got wings because it's yeah, Red Bull. Yeah, because it's Red Bull. Yeah, so yeah, I was working oh. on a joke, but oh, yeah, yeah no, thanks I, for stepping I, I, on it. No, you get full credit. You get <laughs> okay. full credit for it. Great, great, I, great. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, their flexi wings um, were modified and not very good. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get on the podium. Three different constructors on the podium. Felt nice. bad. George Russell crashed on the second to last lap. It was kind of a shame. Uh, or the last lap, I guess. It poor, was lad. poor lad. Poor lad. Poor anyway. lad. Uh, but that did mean that uh, my favorite driver, Lewis Who's Hamilton, that? got on the podium. Well, there you go. 
So a good weekend was had by all. Yeah, Ferrari won, which, you know, it's good to give Ferrari fans a little bit of joy because being they a Ferrari had fan it so snatches it back. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was a good, good competitive weekend. Um, my fantasy football's doing well with going into Monday. I mean, we have a couple of games tonight, I believe. I, and I don't know why. Is it was, I guess one of them might have been canceled for the hurricane. I don't know. I, I think I think there was a hurricane delay. Anyway, point is, we got a couple of games tonight for me to snatch my uh, fantasy football. I'm in victory. two leagues. One feels like I have it in hand. The other one, I'm currently ahead, but likely to lose after the results of this game, unless mm. like New Orleans defense does exceptionally terrible. Then, then I have a chance. But otherwise, I'm probably you know splitting the difference on my fantasy leagues this weekend. All right, fair enough. Uh, we have some things to talk about. We do. So we'll close off this segment and we'll move on. So uh, let's talk. You wrote a story this last week about the Fifth Circuit. There's yes. a, a definitional battle. And, you know, sometimes in statutory interpretation, it's difficult. You fight over the definitions of certain words. You have to employ what they call the canons of construction. These like rules that say, you know, if words have multiple meanings. How do you define them? And there's, there's canons that are things like, you know, you prefer specific term. If there's a specific term, you know, give it that specific meaning sure. over a general meaning. Sure. If, there's, if the word is defined elsewhere yes. in the same section, yes. you yes. give it that same meaning, things like that. Uh, what, there's, what there's, can- there are classes you can take about this sort of construction. I, I took one, in you, fact. You know what you don't typically study in these uh, statutory construction classes? Oh, what 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 canons of construction were on display at the Fifth Circuit? It was the Bible. Ah, it was the Bible. Ah, yeah, it was not Espresso Biblicus. <laughs> uh, yes, the Bible was not only cited but um, bickered over between the majority and the dissent about the proper meaning of a particular clause in the Book of Matthew, and it, this was not as you might think a religious uh, freedom case. It had nothing to do with the First Amendment. Uh, mm. It was a, the decision was about class certification. Oh. Class yeah. certification. I mean, hey. Uh, the phrase or the word in question was seek. And the the reference that uh, James Ho wrote in the majority is. It's, I'm just imagining like a youth pastor, like, you know who else was a class? The Apostles, <laughs> Strong's Guitar. <laughs> yeah, he talks about Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be, ask and it shall be given you seek, you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Mm-hmm. So because the definition was the question of seek, whether or not the class was seeking redress, and uh, Andy Oldham responded, uh, <laughs> Uh, the Bible says, seek and you shall find precisely because God gives us hope and faith. The two things the plaintiffs do not have in seeking to recover from a defunct shell company. Uh, his oh. argument was that seeking from a dead company has no chance of success. Therefore, they were not seeking. So class shouldn't, you know, here and there. But it is the most Fifth Circuit that defi- debating over what the meaning of Matthew is, is relevant. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, it's not relevant. Right. Yeah. It, but it's it would not. part of it's part of their dicta at the very least. Yeah. It, well, and uh, put aside the just going for this anyway. So you, their their argument was they wanted to define the use of the English word "seek" in a 
contemporary piece of legislation Correct. based on a, you know, 16th or no, right? No, 17th century translation of right. ancient it's, Greek. Right. A translation. It's the living word, really cool. Joe. Yeah. It's the living yeah. word. <laughs> it has like iOS it's... updates, basically. Yeah, yes. I mean, you know, we can make fun as we should about this, but I think there is a bigger point to be made, and that is this is Judge Ho once again trying to signal to virtue signal. I I yeah. am happy with our coming theocracy. Yeah. I welcome our coming our our, you know, not even godlike overlords, just overlords. Lord. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. I welcome our Lord. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, you use the term virtue signaling, and I think that's yeah. a that's a good one here. Cause obviously we can tell based on his career. You know, he's done this a few times, but it's also something that's ramped up for him recently. Uh, and mm-hmm. there, and for good reason. He's determined that he has a shot at being, to use another religious term, papabile uh, among conservatives. And so he thinks he's first in line mm-hmm. uh, to get promoted in case the Republicans win, this, win the presidency again. So he's leaning as much as possible into holding on to that because he has challengers. There yeah. are yeah. other people who are, uh, you know, on the courts who are trying sure. to Although jockey for that. Most of, I think, the other people who are looking for promotions tend to be in the district court looking to get elevated to the uh, appellate level. But he, as an appellate judge, only has one job above where he is. But the, Well, yeah. see, see I, you know, uh, interesting, we talked, uh, we talked a few weeks ago about that insane letter that a uh, bunch of former Thomas mm-hmm. clerks wrote uh, of note. Katzis and Rao do not sign that letter. Sure. Uh, that seems to suggest to me, and those are appellate judges who are very much thinking that they might end up on the Supreme Court someday. It seemed to me as though you had a couple of lanes. You had, you know, Ho thinks he's got this on lock because mm-hmm. he's talking about defining class actions based on the Bible. And then you've got those two saying, what if we distance ourselves from the crazy? Maybe, you know, we, maybe if we, Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination. Yeah, maybe, sure. maybe we end up in that lane in yeah. case that I, I you mean, know, I, somebody. I think, yeah, it's interesting. I think that's definitely true. And and I think what's particularly noteworthy of Ho's lane, as you've defined it, is that there's no downside for him. Right. Right. That's the that's the nature of a lifetime appointment. He can say whatever crazy he wants to try to get the attention of whoever he thinks is most likely to be in power to give him a promotion with no repercussions, mm. right? There's no reprimand coming. There's no demotion. Yeah. The wild thing is that is the literal exact opposite purpose of lifetime appointments. Yeah. <laughs> right. You <laughs> appoint people so they don't have to play politics. Yeah. Well, and that's an excellent point. Like the the mm-hmm. argument, and this was actually, it's interesting that I now it's flashing back to me, my 1L year. I remember in Sib Pro, one of the early conversations in Sib Pro, the professor asked was like, why lifetime appointments? And people were like, well, you know, you could avoid political pressure, whatever. And she was like, okay, or how does that really play out uh, in reality here? And, you know, she wasn't really a political firebrand or anything, but she was really pushing us on the idea of, what is the real justification for any of this uh, at this point? Well, it's also that people lived a hell of a lot lo- shorter, so it wasn't yeah. as egregious. Lifetime yeah, I mean, was like 10 years or something. <laughs> if you really wanted to avoid people having any political influence, what you do is you give them defined terms and bar them from ever Running sitting again. there yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. 
that's, that's the way true. in which they're insulated completely. What we currently have are folks living, as ProPublica has pointed out over and over this year, the definition of high on the hog while mm-hmm. they're sitting there because they can. Although, I mean, just to play, just to, to point out if, if your suggestion was correct and it was a finite term, can't do it again, whatever, uh-huh. there would be, I think, a certain amount of jockeying in their jurisprudence because they'd be trying to secure themselves the best big law job on the back end. Uh, uh, you know, look at my, you know, this is my CV is all these decisions I've had and you definitely want me representing your massive slate of clients. Yeah. And I mean, it would, I guess it would skew a little bit the appellate courts because people are increasingly believing they can get that job. Right mm-hmm. now, you know, very few people have realistic shots of being elevated that way if, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of turnover, perhaps. Although, I mean, a lot of times we're talking about 18 year terms. It's not like, it's not like that's a ton of turnover. It's actually much more in line with what the, what the founders assumed someone the, taking yeah. a lifetime appointment would do. The first chief justice of the United States never heard a case, right? right. Like that's a test because he retired before anything got there. Uh, that's a testament to how little people used to care about this job. So, yeah, that's uh, that is the world we're living in. Really trying to think of more like youth pastor explaining things, jokes like strum guitar and. Do you have much well, yeah. exposure to youth pastors? No, but I listen to uh, podcasters who are like former uh you know, very deep in it. And they have uh, some very funny stories. You know who has a good story? Jesus has parables. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Well, let's take a break. We'll talk about someone else who has uh, parables when they said really crazy things in a deposition that took a pair of balls to do that. I don't know. Uh, it's okay. We're trying. Is that where the joke's headed? Okay. Good to see we're in the toilet. Yeah, that was where it was going. Thanks. Okay. Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network. Available wherever podcasts are found. All right, so we're back. Uh, you know, you can only go up from here. We're literally in the toilet. I don't. I, what do you mean we're in the toilet? You potty humor. Oh, right, 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 right. That was a, that was a worse stretch, honestly. Yeah, I. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 we're taking that away. 
No. You don't have access to the soundboard anymore. I, I, yeah. It is decided. I don't like honestly. I don't actually hit anything. It just like an algorithm oh, decides yeah. based on the flow of our conversation. Liar. And it correctly Joe determines. Joe is a liar. All right. So <laughs> we were yeah, on the so, parable to parables pipeline. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, if you are ever deposed, one thing you should do is keep your uh, cool, keep your cool, uh, because yeah, like, look, you're, you're probably, especially if you're like the central witness, you're probably going to end up in live testimony anyway, in front of the jury. So you aren't, you know, your video depositions, not necessarily going to be what they see, but it will be assuming you, you know, say anything on the stand that contradicts what happened in the, mm. in the video testimony. So, you know. Mind your manners. Someone who did not do that is uh, my pillow dude, Mike my, Lindell. That is not surprising. Uh, I think anybody who is at all aware of anything that happened after the 2020 election and the fact that a pillow empresario has come into our <laughs> national conversation, uh, this is not surprising. Pillow impresario. I, all right, we gotta we gotta work on ways to make, turn that Betting, into, it, a, it's probably into a portmanteau that can be yeah. fun. All right, so pillow prince, uh, prince of pillows. The, I mean, uh, I mean, that sounds like pillow princess, which is very different. Liz Dye call, Liz in Liz Dye for was coverage for us. She refers to him as pillow fluffer. Uh, that was <laughs> too. Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, Mike Lindell, good. who believes in you know, all sorts of election conspiracy theories. He was deposed in this uh, this ongoing suit uh, being brought by an executive of Dominion who was mo- um, who was singled out by Lindell on some, one of the right-wing media networks, I can't remember, OAN, Newsmax, one of them, mm-hmm. uh, as this is the person responsible for stealing the election, which resulted in, uh, you know, a lot of strife for this person sure. so they're suing lindell has been showing up to depositions and you know refusing to cooperate leaving uh answering his phone in the middle of them stuff like that but a lot of america got an opportunity and if you haven't got an opportunity yet there's an above the law story you can check out where you can see the video got the opportunity to see him absolutely lose it on uh in a deposition uh he he loses it and there's crazy things throughout the deposition so i encourage people to deal with all of it but i thought we would do a little dramatic reading of some of the uh, fantastic i I would love to see your acting skills all right well and see okay what's my motivation here Uh, you've lost the, the plot that's your motivation you want to express i'm an insane wing nut good 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 thanks all right Questioner, okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. And this is in reference to like people who call in to customer service or whatever at at my pillow. I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Answer: No, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call about. Okay, when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole. That's what you are. His attorney, Mike. Witness. No, he's an asshole. He's an ambulance-chasing asshole. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows. Kiss my ass. Put that in your book. No. They answer anything, any problem customers have, and they want to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here, and they go, and they call about maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of FedEx or whatever, but we'll cover it, even though it was probably somebody else's fault. Nobody calls because of lumpy pillows. Good one. Good one, though. Uh, yeah. So 
Uh, the question then is... Don't are, call my pillows lumpy! The question then is, are you done? Answer, yeah, I'm done. Friends, Listeners, he was not done. He was not done. <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, he continued... Uh, he referred. He went off on how whether whether or not asking whether or not the guy had a my pillow. Uh, talked about how he's pissed. If at any point the depositioner comes away with the impression that you are more crazy than when they started, that's probably not a good deposition for you. Yeah, it it, it was not great. And what was interesting about it, from my perspective, was put aside he's losing his damn mind uh over lumpy pillows which is a thing but you you can if you really play around with this transcript for a while you can see i don't want to get like all philosophical about it Mm-mm. but you can see a level of brokenness in his brain that <laughs> uh, well about well and, and i mean i mean this not like as a not like a mental health issue but like a brokenness about how he perceives What's going on here? Because at one point he has an exchange where he's yelling about how the people t- saying that he defamed this person resulted in right wing networks not letting him be on TV anymore. And his response is that the person he defamed should feel bad because he cost he cost my employees their livelihoods because we can't get free advertising on these networks anymore, basically. And it's just like the, the victimhood is, he says his employees are the ones being hurt because he's not allowed to go around defaming people without consequence. It was really interesting because he's saying this with no hint of self-awareness that this might be bad, that lying to about people, mm. allegedly, putting them in the crosshairs of real crazy people with, who like honestly believe that folks should be killed for this. He thinks that is just part of how he should be able to advertise. And when you take that away and hold someone accountable for having to tell the truth in public, you're hurting not him, but his employees. Just, it, there, there's it's a, a wild ride, really. Yeah, it, it it's it's terminal crazy CEO brain. It it was it was kind of sad. Like obviously, I went to the video and transcript for the lumpy pillows exchange. But the more and more I read, the more kind of sad the situation was. Like like how I don't weird you, you have your to be. Sympathy? No, I'm not saying sad in the I giving him sympathy. Uh-huh. It, it's sad that we're in a society where I don't think that he's alone. among these sorts of people. I think there are people who legitimately believe, I believe the person currently running X might be one of them, (laughs) uh, who legitimately (laughs) believe that if you do anything to prevent them from... Do whatever they want. Tort-feasing, then uh, you're hurting... Well, they they sublimate it by saying they're employees, but hurting them. No matter how many they lay off, it's it's that we're hurting the employees. Mm. It was an interesting transcript to, to roll through and uh yeah i'm really hoping that he on the stand says the opposite of anything in this exchange because i feel the jury will be very excited to see the lumpy pillows discussion what what i thought was interesting was uh that the way that lumpy appears to be a trigger word for him yeah right <laughs> like like what were these early my pillow reviews that lumpy became such a such a such a dark place in his mind. <laughs> I don't know, man. I will say deposition aside, 
I recently bought a purple pillow, which is pretty good. Oh yeah. But after reading, after reading that, I might have to buy a pillow from him. I mean, he is very <laughs> insistent on the quality of this concept. It reminds me. You ever you've ever heard the um, notorious thugs? Um, you know, oh, it's a thuggish, ruggish bone. By Bone okay. Thugs and Harmony. It starts off, there's this, they're quoting from this um sermon that's against gangster rap. It's this guy's like, it's, we're not against rap, we're not against rappers, we are against those thugs. And then Bone Thugs and Harmony quotes it, makes this beautiful song. That needs yeah. to be the next My Pillow commercial. Just him yelling yeah. in the deposition. <laughs> they're not lumpy. And then there's like a theme jingle. <laughs> okay, so uh, Summer Associates. We have a lot to talk about in a relatively short period of time. Uh, Summer Associates, summer's over. Yay. That means you probably got an offer. Ooh. Not that fast. Uh, so, yeah. So, the summer associate lifestyle, which used to be an opportunity for law firms to kind of... Wine pitch, and dine you. Wine and dine you to come back because they had, in their mind, hired you, barring something actually insane. And their whole program was about bringing you back, even if that include going to um, nightclubs. Not strip clubs, though. We did, we had this a couple episodes sure. ago. It was not actually a strip club. It was a nightclub. It was still wildly inappropriate, probably. But yeah, we're putting that aside for now. But yeah, you used to be able to get offers. Uh, we've mm -hmm. talked a bit about changing economic conditions. This is one of the more troubling ones. Uh, and this links to that strip club, not real strip club story in that one of the Postscripts to that story is that Gunderson did not give the person who reported the incident an offer, but also didn't give offers to uh, between a third and a half of their summers. Yeah, and uh, this comes up because Law360 did a summer associate survey, and they found out, they asked, one of the questions they asked was whether or not you got assurances that you were going to be getting a full-time job offer, and only 45% of respondents said that they received those assurances, Yeah, which is horrifying, not just because... I mean, it used to be basically a rubber stamp once you got that summer associate offer that you were going to get a full-time job there. In fact, there. you have the stat on what it, what people thought the last time they did this survey, well, right? Well, no, yeah. La last time they did it, uh, I think, was 49%. But uh, in 2020, which is the first time they ever asked this question as part of, right. uh, which is not that long ago, y'all, 74% yeah. of folks said See, that that's they, more what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, well, I mean, I would I would argue that in the early aughts, it was close to 99. Oh, yeah. In the early aughts, literally, you could jump in the Hudson River and get a job offer. Which did happen. Exactly. I'm not, this is not, this, this is a true story here. Uh, but going from 99% in the early aughts to 74% in 2020, but 74 to 45 over the course of three years? Yeah. That's that's bleak. That's bleak, y'all. It's a problem for sure. We also have, there's also the issue with exploding offers now being mm -hmm. a function. What's going on there? Yeah, they, uh, more and more firms are interviewing before early interview week. So they are trying to get as many offers into into their system and kind of have fill out their class before they have to compete with other firms as part of early interview week. And what they're also doing is making some of these offers exploding. If we don't hear from you by X time, you no longer have an offer, which is incredibly stressful for some potential summer associates. These are law school students who may not have a ton of exposure to different law firms and even know what's out there before the process of early interview week. So law schools are quite annoyed by them. Uh, and and I, I think that a lot of the blame for this goes to now. Well, that's what I was going to ask yeah. is, 
Do you know? Do you have a sense of the cause of all this? Yeah, I mean, NELP used to have a very strict set of rules about when you could and could not contact uh, law students for law firms. And then about five or six years ago, they started doing away with them and made them unenforceable, more advisory as part of a process of kind of getting hands off. And that's what happens. You stop having rules and regulations about when you're allowed, to, what you're allowed to do, and you start having things like exploding offers for. Yeah. Some associates who don't know anything about the firms that they're potentially not just working at, but for the summer, but working at for the next five years. Right. Well, and they're also choosing not to pursue other opportunities they could possibly have because they think they're going to get a job there, mm-hmm. uh, which is what makes it extra uh, awful. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, cool. So that's our catch up on that. That pretty much gets us to the end here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You should subscribe to the show so you get new episodes when they come out. You should be reading reviews, uh, writing reviews, stars, write things. It all helps people understand that we're here and a uh, legal podcast. You should be following us on social medias. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One. And Chris is at Rights for Rent at uh, the Twitter. I'm at Joe Patrice and Catherine's at Catherine One on Blue Sky. Uh, the publication is at ATL Blog. I suppose I should mention also you should check out the Jabot, uh, Catherine's other podcast. I'm a guest on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable every week, and maybe not this week, but most weeks. And there are also a bunch of other shows by the Legal Talk Network worth listening to and checking out. And with all of that said, I think we're uh, done. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.